0: Each week, nearly a dozen movies are released theatrically. 40 films a month, more than 400 a year. That's a plethora of cinema. Too much cinema. You'd have to be an addict to see all that, but don't fret. We've got you covered. This is Cinematics.
1: Hey everyone, what's up? It's Cinematics episode 20, 227. 227 episodes. I think we're going to get Anderson, Anderson Cowan. If you're listening, 23 more episodes and you're going to join us... Me, Bruce, and Eric for episode 250, only 23 more episodes to go, episode 227. I'm mentioning Anderson Cowan because I just had the pleasure of speaking, just hanging out with him. Not hanging out with him, just talking to him on the phone the other day, and it was was great to hear from Anderson Cowan. We all love you here at Cinematics, your co-creator, and he's telling me about his Lord of Bear documentary, about the Film Vault, So, so if you want to listen to some really good stuff, check out the Film Vault, and go to... Loadedforbear.com. What is it? Loadedforbear.com?
2: Loaded loaded Thank
1: you, Eric Holmes. Loadedforbear.com. And you can see what he's up to regarding that documentary. As far as this episode, it's going to be a very short episode. We're only doing one movie. We're reviewing one movie. The good news is it's a very big movie. And the other reason is we're going to very quickly talk about our collective. The Cinematics Top 5 of 2023. This may not be our favorite movies of the year. Our top five is a consensus top five, meaning these are picks that we feel are maybe underrepresented, overlooked, that are also on the upper echelon of our favorite films of the year collectively. So we're going to talk about the, the big movie this week, The Promised Land. Eric has a very quick movie called Scramble that he's going to talk about. And I'm gonna time him for about 15 seconds. Eric, you have 15 seconds to talk about Scramble. maybe 17 seconds. We'll see how far fast you can go with that. But the promise line should be interesting. And we'll talk about the collective five. Patreon, by the way, we actually finished Patreon. We covered the year two thousand eight, Son of Rambo and Bangkok Dangerous. We just got finished talking about it. Recap. Why don't you recap what we talked about, Bruce? Was it a good intellectual conversation? Should people yeah, listen to cool. our Patreon? Yeah.
0: It was crazy. we had all fives. everything was a five star rating like yes. all all the movies by every one of us. It was we never had that kind of consensus before. So uh, I, I mean I was you know surprise going in. you can go listen to it if you need to, but I mean, it was all it was agreement, nothing but agreement.
1: Eric Holmes, son of Rambo, Bruce and I kind of liked it. Why do you continue to talk about how much you love this movie? You've seen it twice? You might see it again. Actually, while we're recording this episode, you're actually probably watching. Son of Rambo, again, what made that movie one of your all-time favorites? Right next to... Uh, Gremlins? Is that uh, Hello? I,
2: I'm sorry, I wasn't paying <laughs> attention. I got Son of Rambo playing on the screen right there.
1: <laughs> well, we are ha- giving a little bit of half truce and a lot of lies, 100% lies. Eric had... Eric Holmes completely went against the grain and had his... Sh- he had a couple thoughts on Son of Rambo. They weren't very... Good thoughts. Bruce and I had some good thoughts on Son of Rambo. Why don't you listen to the Patreon and see what all took three of us break, thought about a that? A break movie.
0: between uh, between kicking puppies, he decided to talk about Son of Rambo.
1: <laughs> and we'll see. Look, Eric Holmes the way the reason why I admire Eric Holmes so much is when we started doing movie podcasting maybe four or five years ago with movie mainline, I wasn't really up on my Scott Adkins movies or straight to VOD or on demand in digital movies. I think Eric Holmes has brought a whole new dimension on my movie watching, which I really love. Bruce has not gone on that whole VOD, on-demand, Lionsgate, Saban films sort of rabbit hole that me and Eric have gone through the last four or five years. What's the matter, Bruce? Why why do you not join the dark side of these straight to like Ryan Flippy movies and all these really Whoa. interesting – Jamie I am, yeah.
0: I am older than both of you, and and my movie-watching time, I have to <laughs> pick a little more wisely because every one of those is a few more hours out of my life.
1: Eric, I move that instead of – look, we're doing this movie called The Promised Land, Mads Mikkelsen, I think it's, it's his name. is very high-level movie. Do you think you and I should just submarine the whole thing and make Bruce watch Saban films and Lionsgate movies and just forget it – like just ignore the rest of the stuff? What do you think,
2: Eric? I mean if Promised Land wasn't so good, I might agree with you, but we kind of do need to talk about the Promised Land.
1: Bruce, if you had to watch Dermot Moroni and Ryan Philippi film, films, uh, Lionsgate movies with Cole Hauser, like the rich five Emile, up, Hirsch. The, <laughs> Emile Hirsch. Emil yeah. Hirsch, Would you be okay? Would you be okay? I, Eric and I would be
0: fine. How about I, you? I would not be okay. I'd be I'd be shivering in the corner. <laughs> if, if, <laughs> in Dermot
1: position,
2: Mor-
0: if Dermot If Mul- Dermot Rony- I love
2: him. And Paul uh, Hauser showed up in The Promised Land, that would make it even better.
1: Eric is not being ironic, okay? Eric and I love these movies. Eric, are you and I, are we feeding the, our listeners, our, our loyal and faithful and sometimes, a lot of times, more insightful cinematic listeners, are we feeding them poisonous cinematic
2: drivel? Because you
1: and I love these movies.
2: I think I think in the world of uh, cinema criticism, um, you and I are drug dealers. Yeah. Like we we don't have to sell these movies. You know you want them, and that, which leads me to to Bruce Berkey.
1: You are the voice of reason on this podcast. <laughs> what, what? We're Wait, the voice of that, reason. It's your job whenever Eric and I start going off on Scott Adkins movies being the bomb and me loving German Moroni and all of these and Jason Patrick. Oh, we forgot Jason Patrick. Eric comes. Huh? You need to step in for a little bit of reason. Okay, that's all I'm saying.
2: Well, see if if you and I are the drug dealers, Bruce is the one when where we have to take a drug test. We'll have Bruce pee in a cup for us. <laughs> Very the designated peer—that's
1: Bruce. Very, you are the designated peer, but the and, and he's also the barker. But the designated sort of peer this month for the for our Patreon will be Eric Holmes. He's covering the year 1993 in February. Eric Holmes. It's only been five minutes since we've done the Patreon thing. Are what? So, so for Patreon members, Patreon members get to pick one of the movies we're covering for the month of February, okay? The year's 1993. So that yeah. slot is slated for you, Cinematics, Patreon members. But Eric, this is Eric Holmes's month for cinema. Do you have any ideas of movies? You mentioned The Crow from 1993, or are you going to come up with something maybe over the week as far as-
2: I'll probably find something I haven't watched yet. Uh, mm, very good. <laughs> it, it definitely won't be The Crow. I think uh, middle class, film class- <laughs>
1: What did, did middle-class film class say about uh, the book?
2: did they say? Well, uh, Peter, Peter Beta, Beta specifically yes. um, covered it. That, that was one of his streaming picks for the week. He did not like it at all. Oh. and then uh not Pete like, don't, I, Pete, I, don't I, drop
1: I, I, that beat this episode. That's that's your punishment. You're not dropping any beats this episode. Yes, yes, <laughs> but I, yes.
2: I, I was kind of dying inside as I was hearing them talk about that. But the, you know. No.
1: It was Joseph Navarro and Tyler Noe, did they come to the defense of Brandon Lee? Uh, and was, and Alex Price. What a great they, film. James. Uh, if I James. remember
2: correctly, like they hadn't seen that recently enough. And to be fair, like all the stuff Peter Beta was saying it was like I mean fair, but that's kinda why I love it. So
0: mm,
1: oh, yeah. see, middle class film class is basically like cinematics but classier and more insightful. So yeah. guys, you are you're bullying I mean, us here over at cinematics and you're making Eric Holmes die inside. Bruce, did you die inside when you I'm sure you listened to middle class film class every single week. Did you listen to their were you able to bling or listen to their review of the crow or do you love the crow do you agree with them or do you agree with eric
0: i'm probably more on their side i'm not a huge fan of the crow like oh. i like brandon lee but the movie is not great it's
2: not great soul
1: <laughs> eric holmes's soul is you're making him it's it's leaving his body he does and he doesn't even believe b- believe in ghosts you but you know what i kind uh, of I, I,
0: behind I actually right now there's something going on I actually right <laughs> listen to this this is what i messaged pete when i agreed with him I said, uh, The Crow it's is not this guy. Well. And I took the picture of the kid that's the friend of Beavis and Butthead with the winger t-shirt, and I said, that's The Crow.
1: Believable. <laughs> Eric, before we get to our featured, which is The Promised Land, and we're going to get to scramble too, do you have any final... Th- I'm going to le- leave the floor to you regarding why people who haven't seen The Crow... Of course, they should listen to the middle class film class and their review of it, but why is it a special movie for you? Why do you love it so much?
2: I, well, I, I just love it because of Brandon Lee um like it's it's cheesy it sounds like it you know it's i mean the same person that did dark city but imagine dark city instead of having that ridiculous performance by by keeper sutherland Sutherland. which i retroactively like because of the king mutiny uh court martial, (laughs) uh because you know uh but imagine that instead of that terrible performance which grew to become a wonderful performance in a different movie decades later. He hit Brandon Lee. Yeah, Brandon Lee's pretty awesome. But if you don't like The Crow, just watch Rapid Fire, because that's probably his best one anyway.
1: Well, Rapid Fire, I believe that movie. I could be wrong. Co-starring hours Booth. Am I wrong on this? Mm-hmm. Rapid Fire?
2: Oh. Okay. Oh, no, no, you're not wrong. That's It's, uh, yeah, Powers Booth. Yeah, Bruce, you give me some credit
1: here. Yeah, give me some love because I didn't even look at IMDb. Yeah, this is the, the noggin, yeah, the yeah. Shin Noggin who eats Tom Yum Goong. Tom Yum Goon is a reference <laughs> from Bangkok. Sharp
0: is a, a sharp is yeah. uh, I don't know a knife used by yeah. Nick Cage in Bangkok Dangerous. There you go. Very good. Sharp is Tom Yum
1: Goon. <laughs> Tom Yum Goon, very good. You one of these days we'll we'll. Uh, when we have, when we make our millions from cinematics, we're going to go to a Thai restaurant, Tomyam Gung is on me. Tomyam Gung, by the way, is not served in The Promised Land because The Promised Land starring Mads Mikkelsen is set in 18th century Denmark, specifically, I believe, 1755. I, 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 it could be wrong, but Mads Mikkelsen, we all know how, what a great actor he's, I mean, you could just name, what is it, Hannibal? What, what else? Riders of Justice, the list goes on and on regarding movies that he's great in. He's fantastic in this movie, and he plays this guy named Captain Ludwig Kallen, and Captain Ludwig is retired from the service. 25 years in, he's collecting a pension, and instead of going off and just seeing a plot of land that's farmable, he decides to go on this uninhabitable land called the Heath, set up stakes, and he plans to farm a miss, some mysterious crop that he's keeping to himself, the problem is the heat literally is supposedly unfarmable. And even though it's the king's country, this captain is going to invest his money on the land. Everything should be okay. It's sort of a, a fool's errand. The problem is he's doing everything by the book, but his next door neighbor across the way is this guy named Frederick de Schinkel. And he's a merciless nobleman who will do anything in his power to pretty much get our protagonist, Captain Ludwig, off the property. First of all, that shing, the shinkle, that land is not his. That's the land, the property of the people, of of the it's the property of the king. And if you farm it, it becomes yours. So the captain's in the right and this nobleman is in the wrong. And it's sort of a battle of wills between them. That's one of the elements. But ultimately it's Captain Captain Ludwig Collins just his journey into trying to make this land farmable, livable, and he wants to have a bunch of settlers come in and to make the Heath a livable community, not because he's a nice guy or a saint. He wants to become just like Shinkel. He wants to become a nobleman because he carries himself, even though his uniforms, is, it's ragged, even though his hands are rough and rugged from just working the earth he sort of envisions himself as a nobleman as well. So there's a lot of elements at play. There's also some really interesting performances. Bruce and Eric will talk about them. There's a young girl who is fantastic in this movie, and she is sort of an outlier, and she becomes part of his extended family. And then there's other different characters who pop in and out of his life. We also want to mention Amanda Collin from the HBO series Raised by Wolves. She plays a woman... Now, I forgot who plays her husband, but they're a married couple and they're actually on Ludwig's land to help him just make the earth livable. But they have a past of their own. So that is the premise of The Promised Land. A lot to to sink in. 127 minutes epic filmmaking only in theaters this Friday. Eric Holmes, is this movie at 127 minutes a slog? Is it worth watching in theaters? What is your overall take on The Promised Land?
2: No, and absolutely. Uh, this is uh, written and directed by Nicolaj Arso. I believe that's how you pronounce it. The The last movie they directed, well, the last movie they co-wrote was Riders of Justice, which is great. Last movie they directed was The Dark Tower, which is one like had the snowman not come out that year that would have been like one of the worst movies of the year and so i'm kind of curious like watching this movie i'm like what the hell went wrong with the dark tower it's like riders of justice is great this movie's fantastic like dude knows how to crank out bangers. so uh what happened there but we're not talking about the you know the dark tower just something i thought it'd bring up but yeah the the, the movie's pretty fantastic you got uh you got Mads Mickelson who uh you know kind of going through stuff like he, he doesn't do like a lot. Like just his acting style is like just seems stoic most of the time. Um, but like I think it's kinda like uh you know when you watch a movie and it's nothing happens, but then like a, a you know, a spike of violence happens, so now all of a sudden it, you know, kind of shakes you. That's kind of how his acting style is on It's like especially like towards the end when uh or not towards the end, but like towards close to the end when a thing someone's leaving and then you know, his eye kind of twitches a bit and they start, you know, crying like a movie podcaster, I guess. Uh and then the uh uh Schinkle, the Shinkle, probably one of the best villains. Like he he's on he's on the level of uh, uh Percy in the Green Mile, but he's like dangerous. Like Percy's just a guy you would just want to choke the crap out of and you know because he's such a worm The Schenkel guy dave Schenkel. he's a worm but he's a worm with power and he's dangerous then you have the whole thing with the the taters or like the i think that's what they called them the the hermits or the the group people that yeah there's a kinda... whole
1: element in the promised land where there's there's the whites there's a people in who are in denmark the inhabitants
2: yeah and also the outliers the and so, and so, like, all the political intrigue between, like, all them and how all the all the machinations of that goes together. Uh, and, and then, of course, their uh, superstition gives way to uh, probably one of my favorite characters in this, and my moose. It was subtitled, so every time it popped up, I just kept thinking animal mouse because she's cute like a mouse. But, uh, yeah, uh, I think uh, on the – when we are talking, like, you know, off air – uh, Bruce mentioned a uh, Pemzam. When when Bruce watched it before I did, he mentioned Pemzam. He was not wrong. Uh, love it's like and foul, mouth, foul mouth, foul mouth Pemzam. Yeah, yeah so the
1: who plays the girl that Eric was talking about? She she becomes part of that captain's. She becomes an important part of the captain's life. So that is played by Melina Hagberg, and she's fantastic in this movie. Also, the aforementioned de, whatever his name is, what is it? The Shingle or it's the Schindler? What the The Benne yeah, Benne Jerg or something. He's
2: very very good. So I just excellent acting all around. What? Oh, I, I should have learned these names before we started. Right, oh, and all right. then there's the the whole deal with uh, Mad Mick, Mad Mickelson's character, and the uh, what was she like? Uh, what? not quite a duchess of uh Shinkle. she's Shinkle's cousin, which is weird enough. But yeah,
1: like... there's another woman of royalty, and she is a person who is going to be betrothed, married to the Schenkel. Yeah, she has other ideas because she realizes what a complete a hole the is, and she wants a different life for herself.
2: Well, so... her and Mads are oh, shoot, maybe we shouldn't get into that whole that the whole kind of relationship that kind of goes and kind of falls apart there is interesting. I don't know if we should talk about it, but that's up to you guys. Because uh, yeah, sure. uh, uh, it would involve a spoiler to right. yeah, no show what it is.
1: No spoilers. The person who plays that woman, that noble woman who is promised to that Deshinkle guy, she is played by Christine Kujath Thorpe, and we might have, you might know her from a movie, an action thriller from 2021 called The Burning Sea. She was the lead actress in that, and that she was great in that movie, and she's great in this. Actually, there's so many actors in this movie who deliver really good performances. It's an epic. It's really an epic. Bruce, your thoughts on the movie?
0: Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, when I watched this, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait for you guys to watch it, and I hope that you'll love it as much as I did. Um, this is a hard movie because this is a movie, when you describe it, it doesn't sound as good as it is. You know what I mean? Like you're like, oh, he's out there and he's trying to grow things on this land and there's an amoeba landowner and people would be like, okay, this sounds kind of dry. This sounds like a masterpiece theater if you want to go back to old style, something maybe not know about anymore. Um, but this period piece and all these things, it just doesn't sound, I say to me, the best way to think of it for people who are experienced with Game of Thrones, when Game of Thrones is operating at its best, operated in this kind of sphere where you've got really clear stakes you have people in power that are petulant and will wield their power in really cruel ways and really petty ways and you have really great people to root for and what i really love about the mads michael character is he is really bad in a lot of ways like he's He's got his own pettiness to it in a sense. He's super oh, stoic. Yeah. He's super stoic. He has his rules. He has his goals and nothing's going to get in his way. And his whole point is, and I don't know if we mentioned this specifically, but he is a bastard son of a nobleman. And it's taken him, whereas a nobleman will get to his captain position in like, I don't know, they say like a, a Six months. months. Yeah, yeah, a few months. It took him like 20 years or something. to 25 years. Yeah. So his goal to become a noble by getting this land developed is kind of his way to like reclaim his identity and to feel like he matters. And that is at odds with a whole bunch of other interpersonal things that are happening throughout this movie. And there are so many great stakes and so many great side characters and some real moments of high melodrama and not melodrama. There's some just straight up drama and there are, there are some great moments I'd love to discuss and I can't discuss. And I would just say um, there are at least three, three moments of violence that are just key to the story and have emotional punches. And I won't even want to talk about how they punch because that would tell you something about how the story is going. And I also think the ending of this movie, there's an ending that's fantastic, or I would say there's a, a climax of something that happens to a character you've been waiting to happen to a character that is amazing and then there's kind of a kind of an epilogue sort of yeah which is also hugely satisfying i believe powerful for for the characters you've been rooting for or not Mm -hmm. rooting for throughout the movie and once again you can't uh overestimate the the girl's role in this it's it's fantastic I, i love this movie so much this is easily the best
2: new movie i've seen
0: this year so far easy.
1: i agree yeah, yeah i agree it's easy yeah eric
2: oh i i would point out i think a, a lot of what drives this story is the shinkle character yeah because he's such he's such a hateable person that yeah. you just want mads mickelson to just choke the crap out of him it's like just kick the he's kick the ever-living yeah. crap out of this guy and then and then yeah well okay I mean, things so, happen, you get, happen. Yeah.
1: and then some, there's there's things that happen so it's very interesting uh, i really love this movie so much and what's interesting about the story is what also drives the story is what what is ludwig's perception of a dream what is his dream is his dream really to become a nobleman bruce you mentioned the I, when the shingle says hey it only took me 6 months to get this noble ranking and it took you 25 years and what ludwig says is yeah that's about right that's the law so at the beginning he is actually on his tormentor's side because he is living by the law of the land he realizes that noblemen get the fast track over him and he's fine that's a perfect thing like a soldier would do right so then as the narrative progresses you realize ludwig has is presented with other options rather than his own straight ahead Focused thing, which is very important because if he's not focused, the heath may not be able to grow. Right? He needs that strength. But then there are other elements that may make Ludwig might, you uh, fix uh, might change his philosophies a little bit. Which I thought. Which you actually wonder what really is the promise, the promised land. Love this movie. Five stars for oh. me.
2: Yes, Eric. Well, you say that. You say that uh, the. You know, becoming the noble or whatever is his dream. Um, yeah. I think that's kind of true. And without getting into it, I think he finds things that, like you always have, like when you're writing a story, what does a character want? And he yeah. wants to he wants to become a plan and become a baron yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But I think in doing that, there's other things that he wants more than that but he's so focused on that that he kind of destroys other parts of his own life of course yeah and, and you know what i'm talking about i'm not going to say here yeah. but yeah i i think i think that's kind of the bigger the bigger message of this movie is like don't be so uh you know don't be so focused on what you're doing that you miss out on these greater things that that come from that
0: yeah well and this is to me such a great example of where you have a really complex character arc more than one but i mean his is like the core one right but in the middle of a broadly entertaining epic story and that is such a key thing to think about like you don't see both of those together in movies a lot and it's just if they just do it it's such a great like this is entertaining on its on its face without having that character arc but having that character arc just gives it that depth and just makes it It makes it so awesome and so rewarding to watch as a viewer, because not only do you have those excitement moments and the, the kind of plot, you know, like either achievements or downfalls, but you have this character that you are so invested in along with the others. I, there's at least for me, there's one you're very negatively invested in, and there's at least three others that you're fully invested in. You know, if you're counting, uh, 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 Kaylin is one of them. It's, it's. Just fantastic.
1: And e- even the smallest characters are well etched, where you, when you see them, even for a few seconds, you go, oh, okay, that's... I remember when you did that. Okay, so e- all the little ones are, are pretty good, too. And, Bruce, you were mentioning some of the violent moments or some of the standout moments. This is also a genre film. There are things genre-wise or visually that you will not get out of your head after watching The Promised Land. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not talking about sweeping vistas of the land, just bruce it just
0: it well, operates more like a western yeah than it does like a period piece i mean westerns are period pieces too you know what i mean though yeah this is not same this doesn't seem as much like a lords and ladies kind of period piece as it does like a western that's just in a totally different setting than you're used to seeing as far as the kind of vengeance and uh evil guys and people trying to you know stoic figures all that stuff is in there
1: Okay, so that is the Promised Land Friday, February 2nd. Easy, easy five stars for me. Final thoughts on the Promised Land, Eric, and then your rating.
2: Uh five stars. Go watch it. It's awesome. Okay. Bruce. Five. 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 Five.
1: five stars for all of us. The promised land. It's in theaters. So if it's playing near your near you, please see it. I, I think I, this is one of those movies where
2: look, we'll be it. talking about it exactly a year from now on our yep. collective top five. Yep. <laughs>
1: I hate to say that. That is such a, that is such an accurate thing, what, what Eric said. Eric is trying to mention that The Promised Land is one of those movies that may be buried, and we're going to have to bring it up a year later. And I just, I feel bad because Eric's right. Eric's absolutely right. But if you heed our advice, five stars from all of us, best film I've seen this year so far. I, I don't know if Eric can co-sign on that. Eric, from your noggin is there anything else that you've seen uh last mayhem
2: month? and one more wow. shot wow okay but okay. i mean this is up Fair. there with those okay
1: mayhem one more shot the promised land that, that's a great list from eric yeah. let's just say again guys can you uh, just co sign in theaters or should they wait on digital why why should they see it on in theaters bruce what do you think
0: well i mean it's a pretty great looking movie and i think that the emotions are Hit me pretty good just on my little screen, you know, watching it at home. And I can imagine seeing it on a big screen with all the music and everything. i This this feels like it would hit pretty hard on a on a big screen. It hit me pretty hard. Almost
1: made me a better person, fellow Cinematics members. If you ever see me and try to throw a branch or stick my way, don't expect me to pick it up. I'm not that kind of guy. But I'm. Not, I am. I still like the movie. I still like the movie. Bruce and Eric, they're 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 a stick picker uppers. They're nice guys. So I, I, you're gonna get that reference in a second. There I, was
2: a there was a real up moment at that yes. part. Yes. Where it's like,
1: oh yeah, like a little crying, <laughs> little crying there. Okay, yeah.
2: Which it, that that was actually happy tears because there's so many sad tears yeah. uh in this as well. Yeah. That this is runs like you get all the feels like good and bad like happy and sad all that stuff angry uh yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely angry
1: <laughs> sticks are used for kindling not building relationships i'm kidding <laughs> okay that is it for the promised land but tell us please if someone is listening tell me eric and bruce hit us up if you if you see the movie let us know what you think I don't know what this next movie is. Eric has a possible a possible recommendation along with the promise on this Friday. What's the movie you want to quickly review? Uh,
2: it's Scrambled, uh, written, directed by and starring Liam McKendrick. Uh, I'll just read the thing. Quintessential eternal bridesmaid, Nellie, constantly finds herself between weddings, baby showers, and bad dates when she begins to feel like the clock is ticking and is faced with bleak romantic process prospects i don't know that that's uh entirely correct basically her her parents are asking why she's not having a kid and she's in her 30s doesn't want children but then uh eventually she goes to her uh, gynecologist or doctor and they have uh did like an ultrasound on her and normally this is a part in this type of movie where oh no she's pregnant but it's uh oh no you're not uh if you want to get pregnant you better do it quick because uh you're not going to be able to make eggs pretty soon. So she decides she wants to freeze her eggs and hopefully in the meantime, maybe just get pregnant. So she starts going through her, uh, the Rolodex of past boyfriends. So it becomes kind of a, uh, uh, high fidelity sort of thing. This throws, throws in the concept of, uh, uh, just, you know, becoming a parent, whether you want to or not, what do you want to do with your life? And she's kind of in a part where I have to decide now, I, I can't wait till I'm 40 to have a kid. I have to decide right now because I'm not going to be able to when I'm 40. And it kind of takes that concept and just kind of comes at it from a whole bunch of different angles. uh, it, uh hard, it's basically a romantic comedy. Um, Funny most of the time. Uh, poignant in others. And I would go check it out because it comes in theaters this weekend.
1: The runtime is 100 minutes. The rating is R. Has a pretty interesting cast. Also, Liam McKendrick, like you said, is written and directed. She's the main star, right? And also,
2: yeah. Oh, and uh, Clancy Brown's in it as her dad. He's not in it much, but when he is, he's pretty great.
1: Okay, yeah, Clancy Brown, also starring Andrew Santino and Adam Rodriguez. So some really good actors involved in this. What would you rate it?
2: I would go four stars on this. Might even go four and a half because I, I, really I really had a lot of fun with it. What but, makes it a four-and-a-half-star movie? This seems like it, a... It, a no, I'm, look. It, a, this is like one of those movies where, like... um, I haven't seen the trailer for it, but, like, just watching, like, how the movie starts off, like, I imagine the trailer makes it seem... I, I don't even know what I'm talking about the trailer. I never saw the trailer. But, like, early on in the movie, I'm like, okay, this is, like, one of those hipster movies that's, like, you know, too clever for its own good. But as it goes on, it gets kind of uh i don't know what i'm trying to say it 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 kind of elevates itself like like the the stuff it brings up the 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 um interactions between the characters and uh it just i don't know it it feels like it starts taking itself more seriously as it goes along and yeah i I just really enjoyed it is it funny yeah yeah it's Yeah. yeah it's really funny um but again that's comedy <laughs> what what I think is funny Bruce thinks is uh uh <laughs> Bruce hates so but so without i mean even if it's not funny at all i think the the story and like all the all the points it brings up is interesting to watch so, so and watching yeah. and watching her go through her ex-boyfriends is uh very very fun
1: oh so leah mckendrick as a writer director actress that's pretty some pretty good stuff right i mean just the fact that she was able to do all three yeah
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was great in this. Um also we talked about uh with the promised land about how like the uh your focus on the thing that you miss the things around you. That's also one of the main themes of this. So uh actually wouldn't make a bad double feature with uh the promised land because the two are kind of kindred spirits in a way.
1: So you're saying after watching The Promised Land, you can try to
2: give this one a shot. Yep. Yeah, I mean Scramble. It is not nearly as heavy as the Promised Land. But hey, if 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 both are playing in theaters, go watch The Promised Land. It's like I need to need to cool off a bit. Go watch Scrambled, and then go home. You're good. Good okay. to go. Good
1: to go. Okay, four and a half stars.
2: Four that. Bar- okay,
1: four <laughs> scrambled, very interesting. Scrambled Land or whatever you want to call it. Four and a half from Eric Holmes. So, all right. So our collective top five, Bruce. You want to start with our collective top five. Sure. The only thing
0: I don't have in front of me is any IMDB stuff. So if we need to drop uh, any like basic facts, you know, help me out there. Um, and I do want to point out to people that we will have a way for you to hear some other lists from us. We'll just leave it at that. Are we actually saying where that's going to be yet? Yeah, it's going to be a force five podcast, force five yeah. podcast. It's a force five
1: film
0: We have our personal top 10. 10s on there which have pretty much hardly any crossover and i don't believe crossover with this list at all so this is like bonus (laughs) bonus material but this is all stuff that we agreed upon and stuff that we agreed is probably either not getting enough notice or hardly any notice uh from the last year so it's just going to give you um if you didn't hear us talk about it the first time maybe just uh spark it in your mind to go check it out okay uh and eric eric sorry Eric, how are we going to do that? Are we going to so the number
1: what are we going to go top to bottom or bottom to top? Like like bottom um, to top? north south or south north?
2: I you know these oh, aren't really in any particular order. Okay, cool. I don't have a number one of these. Uh okay. if you guys do, maybe do that last, but I to, in in my from my perspective, these are top 5 awesome movies that okay. we all thought were great. So top five, I don't awesome. know that there's a one, but if you want to dub one one, I will agree with whatever you two decide.
1: A number is a number. Let's just start it off with uh, from the top, Bruce.
0: So our top movie is The Passenger, uh, and uh, I'm hoping Greg is pulling up information so he can give us some basic stats on The Passenger. I believe right now this is available. I want to say on Amazon Prime. I think. Uh, Don't hold it to me, but I know it is. It
1: says streaming MGM Plus and Prime Video.
0: Okay, cool. Cuz I know it is definitely out there for everyone to get if you have one of those services. Uh, most people do have Prime. Kyle Goldner's in this and I don't remember his co-star. This is Johnny a fantastic Burstall? Johnny Burstall. This is a fantastic a sort of a road movie sort of not a road movie um where boy this once again i don't want to ruin it because when some of the things you find out in this movie are great basically you have a character who's a mild-mannered character working in a fast food joint he's being bullied by the people at the fast food joint kyle gallner is a fellow worker at that joint who doesn't take the let's just say he takes the bullying of the other person very not lightly, (laughs) very, very not lightly, which leads to Kyle Gallner's character and this other uh, mild-mannered character going on a bit of a um, a road trip of sorts. They may or may not be on the run or at least on the hide from the law. And they may or may not be doing kind of a uh, a tour of people from one of their lives. Uh, This is a very... Uh, what would you call it it's like a, a weirdly toxic buddy movie of sorts yeah
2: it's buddy also ro- road trip a buddy
0: road trip but they're not really buddies but are they buddies it's one of those movies that it, it it pulls you by the shirt by the shirt at the first moment of the movie and drags you along and then once you're on for in for the ride you really don't know where you're going and there's always a threat of danger the
1: passenger from 2023 is easily probably i'm trying to think from 2023 it's the most tense movie I've I saw, just because of all the events that occur or the things that could occur due yes. to the character of Benson, that immoral, pretty much evil character Benson played by Kyle Gallner. This is one of those indie movies because of the strike. I don't think Gallner was able to really publicize it when it came out, and unfortunately. Uh, this it needed a little bit more publicity because this is one of those hidden gems. Not so hidden now, though, because it is streaming on Prime Video. And I believe when pe- if you see this movie, this action thriller, I think you'll be surprised at how well-crafted this movie is. It's not, When you say action thriller, sometimes you might think exploitative or empty calories, which is fine. Just sort of a cheesy junk food experience, which is great. This is a full meal, the ending is fantastic, and the acting by Gallner and Birchtold is just on another level. I this is one movie I've only seen once, and I'm gonna I'm sure I'm gonna see it again. It's directed by Carter Smith, right, written by Jack Stanley. Eric, your thoughts on The Passenger?
2: Uh, yeah. If you uh, ever watched like uh, Tommy Boy or Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and it's like these are good. I wish it was a bit darker. The Passenger is the movie for you. Yeah, um, yes. Yeah. I love Kyle Gallner, love Johnny Birchtold in this, love the scene, like, with his mom. So, like, ed, as they go on, you get, like, more of uh, mm-hmm. I, I think Johnny Birchtold's kind of, um like, as a character is... I don't want to say, like, generic as in, like, bad, but, like, generic, like, th- th- he, his character hasn't really lived yet. And I guess that's kind of part of the problem. But uh, Kyle Gellner's, uh, Benson's, you know, the character Benson, he has lived, and as we go through, we get to kind of see... A little bit of, uh, oh, this is this is okay. This might explain a bit why he is the way he is. They end up at the school. Oh, that definitely explains a bit of why he is the way he is. And uh, the way it ends, um, is pretty really perfect for like where how this movie goes. Uh, what do they call that? Where it ends exactly the way it should. I, yeah, how I, it I, goes exactly. Well, it's just a perfect ending,
1: It's a perfect ending. Yeah, I, I really know. Yeah. It yeah, yeah that's good Ma, i don't know i don't know okay. no <laughs> yeah. it,
2: it's like the the like uh uh like it couldn't have ended any other way than it did yeah okay I, yeah, uh, there, there's a phrase for it and i can't think of it right now but yeah passenger is pretty rad
1: our first pick is the passenger next up is amerikatsi here's a slug line charlie escapes the armenian genocide as a boy by fleeing to the u.s but then he returns as an adult and is arrested he watches an Armenian couple from his prison cell finally learning about his homeland. Written and directed by Michael A. Gorgian. And again, just like that, uh, what, what, Leah McKendry, who she wrote, uh, starred and directed, Scrambled. This movie, written, directed, starring as a lead, Michael A. Gorgian. He plays the aforementioned character. His name's Charlie. He's in a prison labor camp. And his only way of actually living is by seeing that, Arme- that couple that Armenian couple across away from his sort of slit of a window thing. He has sort of like an area where he can actually see them and he pretends what their life could be. And as the narrative progresses and he engages in their lives and imagining what their lives are, he becomes a little bit more enervated even while in the midst of a prison sentence. So it seems it's just a fantastic movie, just a great performance. It's one of these movies that had more of a budget... Poss- possibly could have been an Oscar kind of awards push. It is that perfect. In my opinion, Eric, just final, just quick thoughts on why America, is a top five for us.
2: Uh, it's, it's basically for all the same reasons why uh Shawshank Redemption is a top five for most people. It, it's just that kind of movie. It gets uh, dark, it's gets sad, it's gets happy. It's all the, all the things and uh, the relationship between uh, Charlie and the, uh, the, the,
0: bizarre across
2: the way and and the fact that they don't even really know or see each other like the the relationship is one way it's just a fantastic movie and i believe it is streaming uh well you can rent it for six bucks well worth it in my opinion
1: yeah well worth it it's it's available for rent americazzi you won't be disappointed by how Amazing it is. Bruce, final thoughts on Amerikazi? Is there no? Yeah, I agree
0: with everything you say. um, Said it also works. I think in a lot of ways, like it's really dealing with the idea of how, as an isolated person, in any sort of setting, that you kind of can project a life uh, by the viewing the outside world, and this could be, you know, a person that watches lots of movies or, you know, bursts themselves in video games, and in his case, he is in this totally stifled, trapped literally trapped life and that little there's a little broken area of the wall they can look over to see this other family living their life or a couple living their lives and uh and it has it has little elements of um rear window too there's this kind of this voyeuristic thing going on but it's an amazingly empathetic movie i think and i think it operates on a super humanistic level like it's hard to not sympathize with many of the characters in here but especially him uh, it's just fantastic it's great
1: Production values are also great. You have to imagine a movie like this. How could they film such a beautiful movie with such a limited budget? Americati. It's uh, it's our number two. Number three is how to blow up a pipeline. There's a plot line. A crew of environmental activists plot a daring plan to disrupt an oil pipeline. They don't want to disrupt it. They want to blow it up. So look, the actual plot line of all these environmental activists going out to blow up a pipeline will trigger some movie goers just because of the subject matter. I went, maybe, I don't know if I'm doing, well, I'm going to watch a movie the way I want to see it. I'm looking at it as a thriller. And on the pacing and thriller level, this was a perfect film for me. I was on the edge of my seat, the acting by all of the people involved, fantastic. A lot of these, most of these are young actors and I can't wait maybe five, 10 years from now to see where their careers are headed because they all do such a great job directed by Daniel Goldhaber, and it has some really great moments. It's one of these movies, it's currently streaming on Hulu, and if it's available on digital or on on demand, it's worth just buying, just um, renting. So if you can actually take yourself away from the actual plotline of it and just look at it as a well-crafted thriller, I I think you're going to have a great time with how to blow up a pipeline. Bruce?
0: Yeah, uh, probably of all the ones we have here, definitely the most politically audacious movie that we have on this list and it will drive people away there's certain people you just can't separate yourself from the thematics and this movie doesn't separate itself from the thematics it it dives feet first into the thematics and it's not going to shy away from its political point of view but it does it in a movie that's also interesting so that's the that's the weird thing you can't necessarily you could just have a straight up politically diatribe hardcore movie about the subjects here And even dive into their characters to try to show you the justification or not justification for their actions and deal with that on a morality level without actually giving us a movie that was interesting (laughs) very easily could be like that. But this movie also says like, you know what, we're also going to make this a quote heist of sorts. Sure. It's not a heist. It's quote terrorist action, right? But it's presented in the formatics of a heist, where it's like, you have the characters, they have their roles, you have to see step by step how they're going to achieve what they're going to achieve. There's dangerous moments all the way along. Uh, It works on that level, I think, as well. And that's what made it really successful to me, along with everything else that you already mentioned
2: eric uh you can see this as a thriller you can see it as a heist movie i see it as a warning we're destroying the earth and uh there are people on the planet that uh you know are leaders they could maybe put an into it but they're in you know they have uh the oil companies they're in the oil companies pockets and so these group of people decide that hey if uh you want to make money that's fine if money is more important than Uh, the environment boiling ourselves alive. That's fine. We're going to make it as expensive for you as possible to where you don't want to do it anymore. And I remember uh, me and Andrew Martin were going back and forth on this because Andrew Martin absolutely hates this movie. And I totally get his point of view because I think he sees this as irresponsible. irresponsible, But I kind of think the other way, because I think this is entirely responsible. I I think uh, what I'm getting from this movie is do the thing to... Don't do the wrong thing. Do the right thing that benefits us all, i.e. clean energy, get rid, start moving away from oil. But we're not going to do that. Cool. We'll blow up your pipeline then. Because what? what's the alternative? We all just wait for the environment to kill us? Oh, well. Oh. So, oh. I yeah, I definitely see this as a warning. It's a very stark one. Um, People are going to be offended by it. And if you are, I, I get it. But I just fall on the other side of it.
1: Cool. Very interesting takes on... How to blow up a pipeline. So I just saw it as a thriller. I maybe I I I just what blind eye. I had a blind eye to it. What Eric was saying is absolutely <laughs> you had your true. eyes
0: closed because it was all over the
1: movie. It
2: was I all over the movie. I don't see it. nothing. What's I, going you know, on? I
1: was, look, look, look at you. Hitchcock was talking about the ticking time bomb and uh, ticking the thing, thing thing in the under the table. I'm thinking about the pacing of the movie. So that makes me a sociopath. Thank you very much. Speaking of sociopaths and psychos and killers. There's a movie called misanthrope. I'm calling it misanthrope because that's how Eric probably wants to call it. It was released in 2023. It's an hour and 59 minute, an hour and 59 minutes. But the real quote unquote title is to catch a killer, which makes the title a little bit generic. We all like prefer the original version is misanthrope. Here is the plot plot line plots an op for to catch a killer. It centers on a police officer in Baltimore played by Shailene Woodley. She teams up with an FBI FBI's chief investigator to investigate a possible serial killer who is terrorizing the city it's directed by Damien Sifron and Sifron also is the co-writer with Jonathan Wakeham. Generic movie title. I've never seen I love Shailene Woodley. From what I've seen, this is her best performance. This is a great performance. You might be thinking Silence of the Lambs. It has shades of that. Ben Mendelsohn is terrific. And I just, going back to thrillers, this is one of those movies that you just can't miss. And you will miss it because To Catch a Killer seems like one of those straight-to-digital or on-demand films that you can just overlook and say, I'll eventually get to it. No, but this is an elevated one in the genre. I think this is a perfect film. Tense and the execution, especially the third act, as I use the word execution, third act is fantastic. Bruce, To Catch a Killer.
0: Yeah, what you said is exactly true. So there's a million cops catching killers or serial killer movies made and TV shows made. So this just goes to show you that you can take the most overplayed genre or the most overplayed type of story. And if you do it really, really well, great acting, fantastic storytelling, great directing, it will still be riveting because the dramatic pull of the movie is riveting. And you ta- you mentioned the ending. I would mention a couple other points in here, too. There's a the opening murders, which are by a sniper on New Year's Eve, if I remember correctly. Yes. Like the strike of midnight is a fantastic opening to the movie. And it also introduces us to the Shailene Woodley character in a great way because you get to see her not only in action, but you get to start to see right out the gate her mindset and how she processes things. And that's what pulls her into the larger story. And then the other is another scene. It's a seemingly small scene, but there's a scene in a, uh, like a mini Mart where, um, police are trying to possibly catch that killer. And it's incredibly, it's just a, a microcosmic scene showing you how to make a tense scene well directed well mapped out and how you build that tension and how you really create stakes and a big thing a lot of these movies that really doesn't work it's kind of like the transformer movies a lot of these kind of movies don't work because you don't understand the stakes you don't understand the staging you don't understand the the map of the world you're in this movie does the opposite it gives you all the stakes and you know what's happening at all times and it it's quintessential sort of procedural um it's just fantastic, and if you like those kind of movies, like I said, Silence of the Lambs, oh, what a terrible movie to uh, be compared to, right? <laughs> How many can compare well with Silence of the Lambs? This is like one of the few movies I can think of in you know 20 years that compares well with Silence of the Lambs. So it's an awesome movie.
1: Very detail-oriented film like Silence of the Lambs. You don't, these images or the stories of this these kind of genre films, a lot of times a lesser film will, the story will just sort of, either overwhelm you or just you're just looking at it just for the visual and it just glazes over you this is a very detail oriented film to catch a killer that is there's a surveillance sequence in the mall which is really well done garbage dump all these little things are very well done Eric Holmes
2: yeah Ben Mendelsohn Shane Lee Woodley I mean Ben Mendelsohn that's I mean that's not saying anything he's always great Shailene Woodley's great in this six landing and definitely all the all the comparisons to uh, Silence of the Lambs, and I I would even say Zodiac, uh, or just yeah. David Fincher's serial killer movies in general. Seven, Zodiac, The Killer, uh, uh, Mind Hunter. It's got a little yeah. bit of that going in there. Like that, the, this is just uh yeah, great movie. And like Bruce said, it's uh it's a movie you've seen before, but this is done very well, and that there's something to be said about it. And streaming on Hulu. Or yep. you can rent it for like five bucks, totally worth it. In fact, this is like one of those movies you buy because I could see just watching this over and over and over and over again. Great
1: film. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I can. If it's on Blu ray, I'm going to buy it, To Catch Killer. Out of all of our five, we're going to get to our fifth in a second. I feel To Catch Killer is the one that is sort of a can't miss because it's a genre, this crime genre has a very broad scope. People who love it. There are people who love the crime genre stuff even more than any of us three. They, they're on ID. They, they watch all of these crimes. It's for them. It's also it's also for them as well. So this has a broad appeal. If you haven't seen To Catch a Killer, it's better in the title. It's Missing Rope. Please go see it. Fifth and final one is Concrete Utopia. The plot is survivors from a massive earthquake struggle for a new life and soul. This Concrete Utopia is in reference to the utopia of this concrete building, High Rise that is standing tall amidst this catastrophe. Everyone outside of this high rise, this sky rise, they're trying to live. The survivors, are they're trying to live out there and it's not going really well. So the, the main conflict is, what do the inhabitants of this high rise do to survive? Because they're also struggling. its They may live in a really nice high rise, but they have to get food. They have to survive as well. Do they let the people outside in? Do they help other people? What about the people in their building? Do they? What if they have conflicts with their fellow neighbors. How is that going to meet out? How is that going to work within this fabric? So there's a lot of political stuff in this movie, social stuff, and there's violence. And, and there's an action thriller element. There's a melodramatic element as well. I think, Bruce, in your review, you you mentioned that it really focuses on this young married couple. And you see the troubles of living in that sky rise through their eyes. And I think that's a great way to lens it. But there are other very memorable Characters as well, some really interesting twists with Concrete Utopia. This is Eric was talking about rewatchability factor with the catch killer. I can't wait to see Concrete Utopia again and again as the years progress because it's a very memorable film. Eric.
2: Uh yeah. Uh so the way that Concrete Utopia is just basically a microcosm of just humanity in general you can maybe understand why someone would want to blow up a pipeline. We are terrible towards each other and we always constantly work within our uh, worst interests. And then just I mean, it's it's a, I would say it's a cynical take on humanity, but I think it's more a realistic take. Granted, there's there's joy and humanity and love there, too, which is also represented here and kind of how that can kind of overcome things sometimes, uh, not always. And what cannot be uh, overstated and this goes nothing against the the social commentary of this movie the effects in this movie are fantastic i think uh godzilla minus one was nominated for uh best effects at the oscars this probably should have been too because i think they're just as great okay bruce and oh uh yeah. streaming on vicky for f- six bucks and nothing else uh hopefully wow. this hopefully this gets uh Wide release, but V-I-K-I, find that. You can rent this on there. Totally worth it. If you can see it in theaters, good luck. But I mean, if you can, go for it. This movie looks great. It is great. Bruce? I think if we've had any common thread in some of the movies
0: we've loved this year that, for whatever reason, aren't getting all the attention, one of them is titles. Once again, this title, like, what does that mean to the average person? I think it's probably confusing to the average person. That's why we're explaining it, I guess. But, uh, yeah, this movie, uh, all the things you said are true. This is this does essentially what, I don't know how many seasons of The Walking Dead has tried to do. This does in, what, a two-hour and 15-minute movie, if I remember correctly, about, maybe 20. And it probably does it better, and it probably does it in a more complex way without having zombies. It has, we talked about earlier, all the emotions in The Promised Land. This has all the emotions, too. It has humor. It has (laughs) karaoke. It has, you know, violence. It has evil. It has, you know, hidden contexts. It's got just straight-up action. It's got tragedy. It's got everything you could possibly want. It's got really well-drawn characters, um, messages if you want them. Uh, what can you say about this movie other than it just it just is great storytelling and great um, this is also in a way great quote sci-fi right it isn't sci-fi but it's 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 that idea of like what if this is a what ifs kind of story like what if this happened you know Lord of the Flies is another thing that people would compare this to right you, sure. you get a situation that is a little bit a little bit outlandish but not very outlandish what would happen to human beings stuck in that situation? And what does it tell us about the world? It's, it's, it's just great. It's, it's fantastic. And I think this is one that just kind of hit us all sideways when it came across our, our I didn't know what, it would even even, I think I already told you, I said, I thought it was gonna be a documentary on apartment buildings or something. And I didn't even know until I watched it, what it was. And I started watching it and I was thinking like, oh my gosh, where did this movie come from? I guess this South was, Korea is the answer, you know? So.
1: <laughs> also to tie this into the promised land There is a death in Concrete Utopia, which actually parallels a death in The Promised Land. Both shock it, right,
2: Eric? Is it the... Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. There is... Yep. Wow. (laughs) So, by the way, both excellent movies.
0: So Eric was talking about going... Good good catch, because I'm like, what's he talking... Oh yes. Actually, there was there was no catching there. There was only throwing.
1: <laughs> they did not catch that killer. So very good rim shot. So yeah, that's it. Those are our top five. Let me go again. The passenger, Amerikazzi, how to blow up a pipeline to catch killer, aka misanthrope. And finally, concrete utopia. On imdb guys, it says here concrete utopia followed by Badland Hunters. I don't, and here's the thing Bad Lad Hunters 2024. It's streaming on Netflix. And here is a plotline. None of the characters from Concrete Utopia are in this, but it says When an earthquake turns Seoul into a lawless badland, a fearless huntsman goes on to rescue a teenager from a mad doctor who held a teenager captive in a camp full of dangerous cultists. So I think the whole earthquake plotline, I don't know if, if it's. it's well,
2: it sounds like the, the American remake of Concrete
1: Utopia. <laughs> right? We'll see. It's streaming on Netflix. It has a 6 out of 10 rating. I don't know if it's good. I'm guessing it might might not be as good as Concrete Utopia. Not a different director. But again, Eric was mentioning where, where you can rent it. It's one of these movies that I hope... There's just... This is, a, this is a reason why we have the top five. There are so many movies that we cover that slip under the cracks. And hopefully you check out one of these if not all of these five movies from our cinematics collective top five all right before we go
2: eric final thoughts uh yes all five of these movies are great uh as long as the ones we uh as well as the ones we talk about on the upcoming force five podcasts uh because we all have our own individual lists on those and uh i guess hey 2023 pretty good year anyone who says otherwise uh I'll point you to these five movies and probably 30, 40 more. Yeah. Because we're we
1: probably say mayhem, one more shot. And this, the promised land are just examples of bangers. I mean, yeah. even scrambled. you even like scrambled.
2: Well, so. that, yeah. Those, those are all from 20. Those are all from this year. No, yeah. <laughs> Like, so. like right. I, I'm just talking about last year. Like th- this year's shaping up pretty good, at least for me. Like. I know, like, uh, there's a couple movies that I love that uh, Bruce doesn't, but there's also <laughs> a couple movies that I love that Bruce also does, so... And I can't... I, I, that's got to say something. This I, is supposed to be the... Crap month, no, it's and we're a, getting bangers
1: after. Yeah, there's a bangers. There's a there's a Scott Adkins, Frank Grillo, Dermot Moroney banger called Lights Out, which has Bruce Scott Adkins Perky's name. A week of each other. Yeah, it's Bruce Perky's name written all over it. We just can't wait till Bruce Perky does that review by himself, right, Eric? You want you nominate Bruce Perky to review Lights Out?
2: What do you think? No, I w- I wish he would like <laughs> it as much as I do, but I I would <laughs> recommend you watch. One shot because one shot is one that I think he, he might not like, but the one shot's one shot, one that, like right? it. Oh, yeah, one more shot. It, if he's gonna like any of them, one more shot might be that one.
1: Bruce Perky is the esteemed critic over here at Cinematics, and he is very insightful and very eloquent with his words. But if you really want Bruce Perky, even though he watches about 10 to 12 movies a week, not including the series that he does, or full time job, full time dad, full time husband, full time great guy. Please, there is a lot of holes missing in Bruce Perky's life. Those holes being distributed by Lionsgate and Saban Films. If you want him to cover more of these movies, please, please hit all of us up. Because I think, Bruce, a part of you is really aching for those Saban. He's
0: dying inside? Is that what you said? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Final thoughts from Bruce Perky. All I want to say is, yeah, this week I also watched the entire series, The Curse, which I know... uh, Anderson's been going on and on about. I would just say the finale of The Curse is one of the most surreal things ever put on television. And uh, if you can make it to the end, it is quite something.
2: Okay. So if you can Twin make Peaks to on TV, what did you, you say? say? What? No. You said most surreal things on television, wasn't Twin Peaks? Like more so than yeah. Twin Peaks? It wow. approaches that level. Oh. If you so- get to the end, Bruce, should they if you even get to the end? There's
0: a lot of. It's a hard, it's a hard road to follow for a lot of people. I'll just tell you that.
1: Should they even get to the start? That's the real question.
0: Is it even worth this way? I started it. I made it an episode and a half to half through it, and I bailed. And I heard Anderson and um, Avery. Avery, Avery. Avery. Thank you. My brain was lost there for a second. Avery going on about it so much, I was like, I'm missing something here. I've got to give it another try. And then this last week, I went through the next eight episodes. I guess it is. There's 10 total episodes and I still wasn't prepared for the final episode. I wasn't prepared for what was going to happen there. I was like, what is this show doing? Did <laughs> this, you this, waste this, your this time started? watching The Curse then? No. No, I think it's okay. actually um, pretty brilliant filmmaking. Uh, I don't know if, I mean, it can be maddening and it's going to definitely be not people's flavor in a lot of ways because these people are you may not want to spend that much time with these people. I I'm thinking Eric may be one of the people that can't spend this much time <laughs> with those people, but I'm telling you the ending is something, something crazy. Okay. All
1: right. That's so that is the cursed. I believe it's on what it's streaming. on. I'm guessing showtime. What, what is it? So, I think
0: it's paramount plus
1: paramount plus. Okay. The cursed, the curse or the cursed, the curse curse. The, the curse. curse. Emma, Emma stone. Let's start Emma
0: stone I... and uh, Nathan Fielder and Benny Safty. Mm. And this is a, a Fielder Safty mind meld that f- created this thing. So it is, it's something. Is it more Fielder or Safty? I, I wouldn't say, I, well, there's more <laughs> Fielder in it performing, but the Safty stuff, I think the flavor of what they bring and what he brings as a character is, is some of the magic in this series.
1: Rate it one of five stars. I'm
0: probably four stars for the series as a whole but the finale is five stars
1: okay the curse i don't know eric holmes if you have paramount plus but maybe that might be worth watching don't blame me
0: don't blame me (laughs) give some of the blame to anderson well uh...
1: i i think life should be fair in our cinematics universe if eric holmes starts to wander the dark side and go watch and spend 10 hours to watch the curse
2: i'll I'll tell you what i'm gonna watch i'm gonna watch the curse Just so whenever I recommend a movie that Bruce hates, I can lord the curse over him, go, You recommended the curse. You take what I give you. (laughs) I still blame Anderson. It's not me. I blame
0: Anderson.
1: (laughs) We have to work out the Eric Holmes watching The Curse is equivalent to four or five. Scott Atkins movies that Bruce Perky has to watch. So that's a, I'm just saying, we're going to work out the equation. Minimum. Minimum. <laughs> we're going to work the equation, and you're going to figure out okay. what the curse is for you, Bruce. Okay. So
2: okay. we'll figure that out next week. It would probably be Nolan films. That would probably be bigger, curse. Oh, but that, that needs to be. All right. To- All right, Bruce. Uh, right now, Tenet. Yes, again. <laughs> and Oppenheimer. All right. We love Nolan. Everyone except
1: Bruce. We'll see you here next week on Cinematics. And of course,
2: Goodbye everybody, thank you for joining Cinematics.